Welcome to Belief Beat, where we talk about things that matter with people who matter. I'm Pastor John Horner-Eibler from Unity Lutheran Church. I'm your host this week. And we have a really cool opportunity to talk this week with two members of our congregation uh, named Susie and Kylie Sprecher. And they are a mother and daughter duo. And what's kind of unique about them, and we're always, with Belief Beat, we're always talking to members that are doing unique things uh, or who have backgrounds that we think that the rest of us would be interested in learning about. Uh, so they're in kind of the unique situation of they both played at a major college level in, a, uh, in the same sport. And of course, they did that one generation apart. And what makes it spicier is that they played for teams that I think frequently could be thought of as in competition with each other. So there are all sorts of things to delve into, both about the sports and I think about what goes behind uh, sports in all of our lives, which is how does anything that we really invest ourselves in, uh, what are the blessings of that? Sometimes what isn't so good about that and what stays with us through the rest of our lives. And I think uh, whatever your involvement is in life, uh, those are relevant questions, but uh, this is, is, is relevant and interesting because it involves something that a lot of us get to see uh, when we're hanging out watching sports. So with that as an introduction, I'm, I'm going to go to the younger generation first. I'm going to go to Kylie. Uh, Kylie, you can give us the big reveal. What was the sport and where did you play it in college? And um, I guess maybe as a starting point, is at what point in your life did you know that you could kind of play at a high level like that? Great question. Thank you for having us. We're very excited. This is a really cool thing for us to do together because I don't think we've really like reflected on the situation huh. either together since we've both been done now that I'm an adult and um, have graduated past that part of my life. But so I played soccer at Marquette University um, here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I think for me, there was never a defining moment mm. of where I was thinking, oh my gosh, I can do this. I think Growing up, my mom did a very good job of telling us, you can do whatever you put your mind to. And I think for me, I loved it. Um, and so I actually played with boys until oh. I was 10. And a coach saw me playing on this boys team and said, hey, um, I think you have a lot of potential um, and you should probably switch over to girls to continue to kind of do what you would like to do for goals wise. Um, and I think that was the point where I first started playing pretty competitively um, with girls my own age who had the same passion for it um, that I did. So I think growing up, being around girls who we all had very similar ambitions. Um, and so, and the more I played, I, I had a coach for nine years that he also was with my mom and saying, if this is what you want to do, you have the potential to do so, and I will do whatever it takes to help you get there. Um, and so once I decided that that was what I wanted to do, I think I just was willing to do whatever it took to, mm -hmm. to get that opportunity for myself. Uh, uh, real quickly, are you competitive? Very. <laughs> Very. To say, and I get that from my mom. From your mom. <laughs> yeah. So if you were all sitting here, you could see both of their eyes, and they just kind of flashed when I asked about competitiveness. So I think they might be just a little bit. Okay, Susie, so we'll shift over to you. Kind of the same question. Uh, where'd you play, and where did you have a sense uh, in your kind of life process that, ooh, maybe I could kind of really get into this? 
So I played at University of Wisconsin-Madison, and I think, you know, as we as we continue to talk, there's going to be a lot of differences of when I, back when I played and the opportunities. Uh, and so when I was that age, uh, there weren't that many opportunities. In fact, uh, there wasn't any club, competitive club teams. And I grew up in Madison, and there weren't any club wow, really? teams. So my mom actually um, drove me down to Milwaukee. So I played on a club team down here all throughout um, until college. Uh, and so she she brought me down. Also, we didn't have the biggest opportunity to kind of play at a very competitive level and through you know middle school, high school years was called Olympic Development Program, which they still have now, but there's so many other avenues and opportunities that kids can go to play soccer now. Um, so I took that route. So I would say in middle school, was when I really started taking advantage of some of those opportunities I was given. And again, similar to Kylie, I just, I love the sport and I'm very goal oriented. And I was, you know, given guidance and support from people that I cared about, that I looked up to that said, you know, this is something if you want to, you know, work and play in college, uh, you certainly have that potential. So I kind of kept on that track. Yeah. Did, did you... F- so it sounds like you didn't feel pushed. No. Okay. No, I was I was blessed, um, and I I, f- I hope that um, this was something I carried out in my parenting for both Kylie and Ellie. Is my parents really intentionally exposed me to all kinds of activities and really just to kind of see what is it that I enjoyed, what is it that I wanted to do, and then let me kind of take that path. Uh, and I played other sports, multiple sports through high school, uh, which is again a, a something else that's different, I think, from back then till now. Um, but soccer was always my passion. Yeah. So I, I don't mean to put either of you on the spot, but I think for people listening, it would be kind of interesting to know, like, what were the years you each graduated from high school? So when we talk a little bit more about the differences between kind of your opportunities. So you graduated, Kylie? I was 2017. I okay. graduated okay. high school. And I graduated in 1989. 1989. So that is 28 years. Am I doing the math right? Am my, I doing my the mental math is poor. Yeah. Well, something like <laughs> a couple of... So in, in the course of a couple of decades, considerable change. And we'll come back to that. But first, I have to ask the question that is possibly most important. We're going to go to Kylie first. So let's say you're like six, seven, eight years old and you're outside maybe kicking a soccer ball around. Were you doing that with your mom? Like how much did she play this with you as a kid growing up? So she actually coached when I played with the boys till I was around 10. She was our coach. So she was very involved from that standpoint of um, kind of making a situation that I think some girls would feel uncomfortable, much more comfortable, just because I had her there. And as much as she was teaching me, she was teaching the boys I was playing with just as much about it. Um, I think once I switched over to this club team and was um, with girls who were taking it just as seriously as me, or as you can at 10 years old, um, she kind of took a step back and did a very good job of allowing the my coach at the time Marcio to kind of just be the coaching role and she played 99% of just the mom role which mm-hmm. in hindsight I preferred it I would prefer it that way looking back if I did it all over again just because 
at a competitive level, you have a standard that people hold you to, and a coach is a totally different, that's their job, is to win and is to make you the best version of a soccer player that you can be. And then it, it was nice to come home, and she understood what was going on, so I could talk about it, and she knew the rules, she knew the, the environment, um, what it took to be as good as I wanted to be and where I wanted to get to, so she had the background knowledge, but was able to just filter that through mm. her mom lens yeah. um, and not as much through a coaching lens. And I think she also, from just growing up, I think knew that I wouldn't probably respond <laughs> super well if she tried to do it more of the coaching way as well. Um, when I was younger, now that I'm older, um, I would hope I would respond a little better. But So Kylie, you have a mind of your own? Yeah, <laughs> just a little? a little bit. Okay, okay. Well... That's a really cool description, I mean, of someone who, who did coach and then could also step away. How hard was that, Susie? I would think, or, or wasn't it? Maybe that wasn't hard for you? I don't know. You know, um, it's, it's interesting as I was reflecting back on it. So when I was coaching, I was coaching with a friend of hers, dad, um, and I'm competitive. Um, and so, um, but they were, you know, eight years old at the time, you know, and I chuckled because I would coach, like Kylie said, the same as I would with the boys. But let's say it was during a game and I would, you know, try coaching Kylie on a specific play or to do something. She'd be running and she'd go, stop yelling at me, mom. <laughs> but I would say it in the same way I was coaching, you know, the, the other boys around her. And I think, you know, I'd like to think I was pretty had enough insight to recognize that she needed to just do her thing and listen um, to somebody else. And quite frankly, just as much as she probably, which she didn't realize at that age, wanted someone else to just coach her, just as much I wanted to be able to sit back and just watch and enjoy. Mm -hmm. Because once when you're coaching, um, obviously your, your, your role is so different. And honestly, the, the years go so fast. I just wanted to sit back, just like I did with Ellie, and watch them and be a part of it as opposed to kind of be in that role. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool insight that as a parent, you only get to watch them one time. And if you're coaching, you really don't get to watch them. I mean, you're, you're focused on the team and all of that stuff. Um, so now Kylie, here you are. Now you, you've, you've graduated, your playing career has ended. Has it ended entirely? And um, so a couple things you could kind of respond to is where's that at? Um, uh, as you look back on it now, how do you feel about how it turned out? Stuff like that. Yeah. So I finished, tw 2021 was my last season. I got a fifth year with COVID. So I stayed and I did my master's of business administration. So I've been adulting, quote unquote, for a <laughs> year now. Um, I, so in my last college game, I tore my LCL in my right knee. Oh my. Um, so I have not really since played necessarily at all. Um, I'm still at a point of figuring out what that'll look like for me and my comfortability and then physically. However, I have been very involved in coaching and that's something that I really get a lot out of because I can still be around the sport but it shows up in my life in a much different way than 
being the one who's being coached and judged and pressured to perform. And now I have, I'm trying to help kids in ways that maybe when I was growing up, I wish somebody had mm -hmm. taken that same approach with me. Mm -hmm. um, I, the goal is to do my work. I work at Baird. Um, they have a couple co-ed soccer leagues that eventually I really want to get involved with. Um, I think since being done, I don't regret anything by any means. I'm very glad I did it. I definitely have learned that I loved soccer, but not enough to make it my profession. Mm -hmm. I was very blessed, and my freshman year of college, I was invited to two national team camps for the U.S., um, and that was obviously the goal for every girl who wants to be very competitive with soccer. And um, when I was there, I realized the people I was surrounded by who were, these girls were at the camps all the time since they were probably like 14. It's a totally different level of commitment and comfortability with pressure to perform for your job all, every day, all day. And I found that as cool as it was for me to say, like, you know what, I did it and I reached that goal, to be able to reflect and say, you know what, once I'm done, this isn't for me. This isn't something that, because when I came into college, I thought I wanted to play professionally. And then I'm very blessed to have had that experience for multiple reasons, but especially because it helped me come to terms with it's okay to love it and not feel like it needs to be your whole life mm -hmm. um, and your whole identity. So I think that was a big revelation for me looking back at it all is understanding you're more than just your sport especially when you reach a high level like that when um, a lot of your judgment of other people and, and competitiveness and how you get picked for the things that you set goals for is totally performance based and that's a lot especially on 18 19 20 year old girls um, so I think reflecting back, I'm just very happy I got that experience sooner than later to know that, okay, when I'm done, it's okay to just kind of leave that chapter behind, coach a little bit, and then figure out what my identity is and what I'm passionate about that's not necessarily a sport. Yep. Wow. That's, so, yeah. that's powerful stuff. I mean, and, uh... So hard to grasp at any point in life, much less when you're 18, 19, 20. Right, because you spend, I mean, I'm 24 now, and so I've spent 23 years of my life mm -hmm. with that as my main, like, oh, you're Kylie, you play soccer. Yep. Like, oh, you, you're the Marquette, you go to Marquette. Or, oh, in high school, like, you're going to go to Marquette. Or um, just being identified as that all the time, which... During it, I loved it, and because that that was who I was, mm -hmm. and now looking back, um, and being removed from it and reflecting back on it, uh, I'm I'm happy that I was able to come to terms with you know what there's more more to life, and I think honestly some people who play a college sport at that high of a level are they finish and then they have a hard time in that first year or two after being done of figuring out okay so what's next like. Um, what else gives me a purpose. Um, and so I was blessed in that way to kind of figure that out before I was even graduated, I yeah. think. Did you have similar experiences, Susie? And, and I guess uh, maybe say a little bit more about, you know, what's that transition like? I mean, 
I don't know if our society is better or worse than others in terms of kind of really lifting sports up, um, but we do, and so then I, that becomes a big part of people's identity. Uh, then when it's not as much a part of your identity, how do you, how did you cope with that, I guess? Yeah, I think, you know, I'm biased, of course, because she's my daughter, but she is wise beyond her years because that revelation, as she speaks of, and, and how some of those things she reflected on at that point in her life at 18, 19, 20, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that's where I was. I, I didn't, um, I'll back up a little bit. While I love soccer and was passionate about it, at that time, it wasn't something I was, my goal wasn't to play professionally. I think the opportunities back then um, were few and far between. And I just, I was comfortable and at peace with the fact that while I played at a high level and I, you know, did, did well, um, I was not in that elite crop. My, the crop of players I was playing against um, and, and with through Olympic Development Program were Mia Han. Um, Mia Hamm and Christine Lilly and Brianna Scurry, you know, the U.S. national mm -hmm. team players. And so, you know, I, I was at peace with the fact and admired that talent and that I had the opportunity to play against and with many of them. Um, so that wasn't as much of a, once I was done in college, um, I was ready to be done, I think, at that point. Um, and I also had two, like Kelly had a LCL. My freshman year at Madison, I had to redshirt because I um, tore my ACL actually on my recruiting trip for Madison for soccer. I was playing basketball oh senior my. year in high school. And then I tore my other one in 92. So I had a lot of adversity that way and um, had some meniscus damage as well. So really, once I was done, the reality of that training and that impact physically um, wasn't, I knew I couldn't do that. Um, I am blessed, I think it took me, and I have shared this with, with Kylie in the past, but um, it was truly a blessing and a privilege to be able to play in college. You don't, I didn't at least at that age, and I don't think many of my teammates did, um, appreciate it in that moment even back in, you know, the 90s when I played because it really was a privilege and, and a blessing. It wasn't until I was older and probably even a parent of Kylie and Ellie and going through sports with them that I really could reflect back and think, wow, that was something special. Mm -hmm. You know, I uh, and back then they had far less women's college teams. So if you wanted to play at a high level in a top-ranked women's Division I school and stay in the Midwest, it was Madison. So um, so I, I was very blessed that I had that opportunity. Uh, one, I, I guess one of my fears sometimes is, is uh, like it would never be fun to play it again. Like it's so intense that like it isn't a game anymore. I mean, for I, I guess with you, Susie, um, in the years since, have you enjoyed playing soccer, or is it, or or not? I guess. So I and I really once I tr I tried to play after um, college just for fun um, with with old teammates and friends and and just low key informal you know, not pressure. Uh, and honestly, I had to just stop because the cutting and pivoting and just mm -hmm. with my knees. Um, 
so then I turned to other other things for you know exercise and and that so unfortunately I just was kind of forced into not really playing as much I I could have played um but then I you know would get you know pain and and swelling and it just I realized it wasn't worth it at that point okay okay so it took a bit of a toll on on your body yeah yes um you're still kind of readjusting maybe you'll end up on one of those co-ed teams <laughs> I would I would think it's also hard to like maybe play with people who aren't as good and like then they crash into you and they end up injuring you and stuff like that or Yeah, that's definitely one of my hesitations is I think I've been removed enough now for a year to my competitiveness. I'd like to say I have a little bit better of control of Filtering, okay, I don't really need to get fired up for this. Like, I am just going into a lens of this is for fun. Um, and I think that would help because the people I'd be playing with, I genuinely enjoy being around and have a way of making things a little less serious. However, I think there is always that, oh my gosh, what if somebody does can't control their body as well and they do run into me and something happens again? Um, so, yeah, I think I'm still mentally from... I mean, and with my mom having both, it's once you're physically ready, your mental readiness takes a lot longer mm -hmm. uh, than the actual physical part of it. So I think, especially being done and not having access anymore to the resources I had in college to kind of help people recover from that, that's something that I'm still slowly working through and trying mm -hmm. not to just put so much pressure on myself to oh. get to any point. Um, because that's the biggest thing. Once you once you're out of it, it's amazing what the a privilege it is to be able to choose. Like, I don't have to do anything I don't want to do anymore. And for sixteen years of playing competitively, that was not the case necessarily. Like, you're going to practice, you're gonna run, you're gonna weightlift, you're gonna we're gonna test um, a lot of different physical stuff. You have to be up early. You have to be here. And I think. Just the choice to choose has been uh, very uh, relieving for me, I think, through all of it, especially coming off an injury. Uh, so maybe continue down that same vein. Um, uh, tell us a little bit of, of, of what it's like to uh, be recruited, to make a choice on where you want to go when you have a little guidance from someone who's been through it, but in a different era. Mm -hmm. Um, what was that like? Yeah, so it was a little different. They have a new rule now that coaches cannot contact players before their junior year of high school. So you have to be a junior in high school for them to actually reach out to you. Mm -hmm. Now, there are ways around it. Um, coaches can reach out to club coaches and communicate through that way. Uh, and there's so there's definitely workarounds a little bit. So I was a bit of a unique situation in that one my mom did a very good job of kind of explaining yes you're going for soccer but you need to choose a school that if for some reason soccer was taken away you still would be happy to be there and get an education obviously you're going there for education first um, and so I kind of always knew I wanted to do business and I knew I didn't want to be far away because it was very important to me that because I was playing a sport to have my family be able to be there to support and watch regularly. Um, did I think I was going to go 20 minutes from home? No. <laughs> um, but so my 
freshman year, a lot of people back when I did it in, that was sort of in like 2014-ish, it was you would make like a highlight video of yourself and we ended up, which we, at the end of the day, uh, it became a local thing so I didn't necessarily need it, but you would get a recruiting profile on different websites that would upload your highlight tape and uh, uh, stats about you and then it would be like a third party that would send that out to uh, coaches and oh. then you're also responsible for emailing coaches and going to camps and kind of the more coaches see your name, the easier it kind of was to get in because coaches are getting hundreds of emails on a daily basis from kids who want to play. Um, so it was consistency and then going to as many what are called ID camps at the schools that they would hold mm. for high school age kids. Um, but mine worked out that uh, the Marquette coach at the time, I came out to one of my high school games and saw me play when I was a freshman in high school. And my club coach at the time also had connections and knew of the coaching staff because of just being local teams. And, and uh, we played what's called futsal at one of the gyms mm. there. And so he came and saw me and um, at the time couldn't directly talk to me, but told my club coach, hey, we really liked Kylie, like I'd like to get her on campus. This was summer after my freshman year for her to come visit. And um, so I went there and then I also at the time um, went to Cincinnati, Ohio and visited there as well. Um, and then was slowly just beginning the process, but from the second I walked on campus at Marquette and met the team and saw the, they were doing very well at the time, saw the culture, the coaching staff, the school, um, the business connections, being in Milwaukee, I kind of, and then uh, scholarship-wise, I was very blessed in that sense as well, and so for me it was kind of a no-brainer, and I went to Cincinnati to just have something to compare it to, um, but that visit just further uh, prove that Marquette was at the time like where I wanted to go so I was very young and that does not happen I don't regret it however reflecting back on my time I wish I would have hindsight's 2020 but um just seen what else was out there just to really understand because I mean think about it I'm 14 years old and you're making right, a choice of right. where you're gonna go for four or five years of your adult, beginning of your young adult life. Um, so I think it would have been a little bit easier to just compare more stuff, but at the end of the day, I, the resources that I got at Marquette, the education, the friends I made, um, and just network that I have now, I'm very blessed in that sense. Mm -hmm. But you definitely, if you want to be at a high level, you need to kind of put in the work of getting your name out there and getting in front. It's not just going to happen yeah I, I I don't think I was as aware of that that I mean in addition to them recruiting you you're sort of recruiting them and right. making sure you're visible so now Susie you came through I mean your mom's I, I was surprised about Madison because I always think mm -hmm. of Madison as a soccer hotbed but mm -hmm. they they didn't have as many of the club programs at that time so you're coming through in a totally different time um you're you're like the next generation after Title IX even starts, um, so maybe less about recruiting in your case and more like how equivalent or not were were facilities and travel and all of that at the point you were doing it. 
Yeah, so again, you know, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. So back, as I mentioned, back when I played, if you wanted to play at a top 20 D1 school in the Midwest, it was Madison. And so there was no Big Ten then. Um, and there were very few programs in the Midwest that had women's really? soccer. So, so most Big Ten schools didn't have programs no, out of that. There was wow. not a Big Ten until after I graduated. Huh. Um, and that's when, so, and there were not many, uh, schools, like I said, in the Midwest that even had women's, uh, programs. So, uh, on the positive end of that is when I played, we traveled a lot. So when we, our, our coaching staff wanted us to play, um, top ranked, top 20, top 10 ranked schools. So we traveled a lot. So that's that was fun, um, you know, out east, out west, south. Uh, at the same time, what's different then compared to now is our games were back-to-back. We played Saturday, Sunday. So we could play a top-10 team on a Saturday and turn around and play a top-5 team, you know, the next day. And we traveled on Friday. So we're, in comparison, typically there are Thursday games, Sunday game, typically, um, and travel, you know, before that. So we were missing less school, but physically... No um, recoup. No recoup. So, um, but the but the travel was certainly a blessing. Facilities-wise, back then at Madison, um, we, we had the McLean Center where we could play inside, but we practiced down on the rec fields down by UW mm. Hospital, by the, mm. what was the natatorium, I don't know. Um, and our weightlifting strength and conditioning room was a very small area within Camp Randall. Um, we are women's soccer team, but women's sports in general. Um, and I, and I'm pretty sure if my memory serves me right, several of the men's teams too, we weren't allowed in the main weight room where football would go, where men's basketball would go. Um, so from that standpoint, um, you know, we didn't have the access to a lot of some of that, that, that some of the higher, um, you know, basketball and football pro- programs did. Um, we did not have the gear that kids get these days in terms of we literally just got our uniforms that were game day. We did get cleats at that time, um, but that was it. You know, we didn't have practice training gear. We didn't get to keep anything, sweats and um, we didn't jerseys, nothing like that. In fact, in 1991, we played in the final four and played in the championship game. And we had to buy our own final four t-shirt. Um, yeah. And we're still as a team, all of us still trying to find a decent copy of the games, our semifinal and final final four championship game, because at that time, you know, it was recorded, delayed, you know, who knows what it was even, I don't think it was even televised, like even down the road. Um, so it's on probably some VHS somewhere kind of thing. So things have changed and for the better, not only yeah. like numbers of women's uh, or w- numbers of schools that have women's soccer, but all the the wonderful things that come along with it for yeah. women's soccer now and sports in general for women. But so that was a big difference. Yeah. I hope they find the videotape someday. That, <laughs> we, that's that's crazy. <laughs> we have we have found some of us from my year and year before and after that were all a part of that team. A couple people have found it, um, but then on one we had the audio doesn't work, 
Um, and so we're all still, in fact, we, we try and get together every reunion every year and, uh, um, at a football game and someone just said that they have a copy they found. So we're all trying to get a, a copy, but yeah. Kind of like when ESPN found the copy of like the first thing they broadcast, which was some softball game up in Lannan, Wisconsin. Oh. <laughs> that, that was like a news item. A couple. Of, so uh, John digresses. So a couple of things. A couple of things as we get close to, to wrapping up. So uh, why don't you each think about like what what was a highlight in your career? It could be a playing highlight or a person you met, you know, something you were a part of. So what was kind of a highlight? And then the question that anyone who's listening to this really wants to know the answer to, Marquette and Wisconsin. <laughs> Talk to us about this. So, Kylie, you get to go first with all of that stuff. So, there are definitely a lot of very cool things in middle school, high school, college that um, I got to be a part of through soccer. I think my biggest accomplishment would be those national team camps, I think was very cool because it's a very, very, I mean, playing at a Division One level is a very small percentage, and then to be able to be invited to something like that um, is also very rare, so I was very blessed to, to have that opportunity. Um, I think I also, who shaped me and got me to where I was, his name is Marcio, I had him, he came to um, America from Brazil when I was 10. And he was 20, my age now, 24, mm -hmm. barely spoke English, and got put to our little 10-year-old girls team as our coach. And I had him until I was 17 years old. Um, and so he is like an older brother to me, and he was very good at developing us as soccer players, but also being a good role model and mentor to us as young women, especially because he watched us grow up mm -hmm. um, and go through the things that teenage girls go through, good and bad, um, while he was also growing up because mm -hmm. he's 24 and now he is married with twins that are turning five, which is crazy, and I coach with him. Oh, wow. Now. So That's that has amazing. been a very full circle, very cool thing um, to, to be a part of, to... Um, be coached by him and now mentored to be a coach and coach with him and, yeah. and see his kids and he'll be at my wedding one day. And um, that has been a very special relationship for me. And that's a, one of the lifelong um, relationships. But yeah, as to the Marquette, Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> so funny story. So I actually, growing up, my room, all badgers. I, I would think, yeah. Everything. Yeah. Cakes. Birthday cakes. My room, the walls, the covers on my bed. Um, so one could say once I committed to Marquette, that all had to go away. Um, I think, yeah, I, it, I never really <laughs> had a bad uh, thing against Wisconsin. When I was playing at Marquette, it was a total rivalry. We would play them usually in preseason every year, but then a couple years we played them in actual games, and it was heated a little was, intense yeah and be, a lot of it was because there were a lot of local midwest products that went to both marquette and wisconsin so you're not only playing to be the best school in the state but you're also playing against girls that you want to kind of like be like haha like yeah. me on the you state, want to win that you know personally 
So from that standpoint, but I think I like Marquette doesn't have football, so Mar I could um, support Wisconsin football, and um, my mom has been uh, very specific in she is a Marquette soccer fan only. Um, and now my boyfriend plays Marquette lacrosse, so now Marquette lacrosse has been added because Wisconsin doesn't have a lacrosse team. Um, but once I was done, uh, she got rid of most of her Marquette stuff. Um, and so, and even there was at one point she came, there, Wisconsin and Marquette basketball play each other a lot, and it was at Marquette, and she and my sister showed up in all Wisconsin stuff. <laughs> uh, and I was obviously in all Marquette stuff. So we definitely stay true to our roots. Um, and I'm a little outnumbered at family events because most of my family went to Wisconsin. So, but I'm very loyal, so I will defend Marquette forever. Um, but I think it's, yeah, it's just a funny thing that the way it worked out. But, um, I think it's deeper for my mom than it is for me because <laughs> literally the second I graduated grad school, she was like, all right, anyone want this Marquette stuff? And was <laughs> pawning it off. Um, but yeah, you can probably speak on that a little better, mom. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'd love to. Um, what's a funny story and I don't know if Kylie really remembers this, but, um, yeah, so she probably, I would say four or five years in a row for her birthday cake, from elementary school into middle school, what kind of cake do you want? It was Badger. Now, some would say, some would say that she was a little bit um, swayed, influenced. influenced. Um, my whole family is very big Badger fans. My parents had football, basketball, hockey tickets from early six, 60s. Um, siblings went there anyway. But um, so when she started getting recruited by Marquette, um, she may not realize this, but she did not say boo about it. Like she was getting weird. I was getting contacted by her coach, Marcio about Marquette and I would talk to her about it. And she really did not respond with any type of enthusiasm initially. And so it did make me stop and think that, um, wow, maybe, maybe I should talk to her that it's okay. <laughs> um, that it's Marquette. Kylie's terrified because, of me. <laughs> because our family always made it clear, myself especially, that it's kind of like Duke and North Carolina. You can't be a Marquette and a Badger fan. And so I always was very vocal about that. So I realized that maybe I had a little bit too much influence. And so I did talk to her and say, you know, if you want to look at Marquette, that's okay. Let's Let's go, you know. And then she kind of, I think, opened up about it. And then quickly I had to paint her room. But um, so, but yeah, I was, of course, always her biggest fan, you know. And even when we played Madison. Um, so, yeah, I always told her I was the biggest, I'll be the biggest Marquette soccer fan. And, um, but when it came to basketball, then switched my hat. Things changed. That's right. That's right. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Hey, how about... Maybe one moment highlight person mm -hmm. in in your career. Yeah, you know, I think um, my my high school coach. Um, he is still, in fact, the girls called him and his wife, Grandma and Grandpa. Um, they've been at all the milestones of the kids, um, you know, and growing up. He was my coach in high school again. 
I think more of his influence, honestly, was off the field mm-hmm. than um, we, we, I went to Madison Memorial. We won my freshman, sophomore year. We won state, you know, for soccer, which was a big deal. He was obviously uh, an awesome coach and, and we had a great group of, of kids, but um, he is like another um, family member, both of them. And so, uh, and they have to this day. So I think for similar reasons um, or, you know, ways with Kylie and Marcio, he is, he and his wife have to this day. And what's even more special is they're a very big, big part of, of the girls' lives. So. Very cool. Very, and uh, I mean, you could answer any way you want, but it's kind of cool you answered people uh, as kind of the, the things that you uh, appreciate most from that time. I, I guess maybe that's a good place for us to end. Um, so now you've had these experiences, uh, maybe just end by sharing with people how that's shaped you, I guess, for the better. What, mm-hmm. what is, what has it added to your life that you know is going to be a part of your life all the way forward? Susie, why are you? Okay. Yes. I think, again, I, I don't know that I, pre- well, I, I know that I did not appreciate it at the time when I was in college, but, um, again, as I grew older and reflected back and I always, shared this with the girls is that, you know, sports, sometimes people say, oh, it's just a sport. And, and while obviously there's more to life and more to your identity, as Kylie said, than sport, um, I am who I am today because of the sports I played in general, but especially because of my experience, um, playing college soccer. Um, it's, it's not, it's, you go through adversity. I had an, you know, adversity I had to go through. And we certainly had amazing times. I mean, the, the fact that I was able to be a part of a a team and group that we worked, um, we were very much a blue collar team. And even as we were ranked high throughout the season, no one really gave us credit. And here we were playing in the championship game, you know, there, that was an amazing, amazing part. Um, But there was also adversity. And I think what people sometimes don't realize is sports as other activities, whether it's music or theater, whatever that activity is that the life skills that come along with it. Um, I would, I am, you know, I, I work hard. I, I, the teamwork, the, you know, persevering through adversity, um, you know, working with others and, and just all that goes along with that. Um, and the strength mentally, emotionally, physically, um, I would not be the person I am today. Um, and I do believe, again, I couldn't appreciate it at that time. Um, but certainly as I got older and looking back, even, even now, um, it was a, a, a true blessing. And I think, you know, the thought that the good Lord, you know, through struggle, um, you, he's preparing you for different things. And I feel like, I didn't realize that at that time, but as I've reflected um, in my adult years, I, I really was better prepared for other adversity and other things that I've had to go through in my adult life. So I'm very, I'm very thankful for it. Very thankful. It's cool to hear that. How about you, Kylie? Similar, different? What do you think? Life skills for sure. I echo everything my mom said. I think. And honestly, when I was going through the job recruiting process is companies lean towards people who play a sport or are involved in some sort of 
higher level activity because of the takeaways that you learn, whether it's time management, how to be a good teammate, um, adversity is a big one, um, just dealing with having to be around different people that maybe you don't choose to be around, but you need to figure out how to make it work regardless. That was a big thing. I also think reflecting back in sports and how I talk about your identity is, I think, self-confidence, a healthy self-confidence and belief in yourself and that you can do whatever you put your mind to, as my mom preached to us growing up, played a big role because when you're pushing yourself to be at a very high level, you're going against girls who are just as good, if not better than you, and you're going to have coaches who might not believe in you or who tell you, you know what, you're you're not just not it or you're not going to be able to do this or that or um, be put in situations where you're your biggest cheerleader. Um, and I think having confidence and a work ethic to tell myself, you know what, if this is really what you want to do, you're going to do it regardless of what anybody else thinks or says. Um, and it's just you just have to make that work for yourself. Um, and then I also think like empathy and compassion mm -hmm. because you realize what you've been through and soccer was a big one of we'd show up every day and you just really don't know like what other people are going through off the field. Um, and to a lot of times coaches don't really think about it. And I think mental health has become a very big conversation in sports in general, but especially the college level. Um, it's just understanding we're all going through very similar things in that way and in, in life, whether it's with the people you work with, like you're there every day, but just to remember, like, even though things might get very frustrating from a level of being in the workplace or being on your soccer team, like, um, we're all just human at the end of the day. And I think sometimes people forget that and just kind of. Uh, look at you for whatever that role is that you're in um, on a daily basis. So I think just me having more patience and empathy for myself and then also for other people yeah. when I feel myself getting very like frustrated right away. Yeah. Well, what a good observation to end on. I mean, I, I couldn't help but thinking that I just was reading the paper this morning and reading that Coach Budenholzer of, of the Bucks, so we're recording this on April 30th, um, you know, one one of his brothers died during uh, the last you know series with Miami, and it's like mm -hmm. we totally forget that like these people have like lives and, and great tragedies sometimes, and sometimes great successes too. Um, but uh, in almost any part of our lives, it's really easy to get self-consumed. Um, a great gift maybe of of your life has been getting outside of that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been just delightful talking to both of you. Uh, kind of cool that you got a chance to reflect on this together a little bit and to share it with us. And I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, reminiscing a bit. Uh, for all of you who have been listening in, I hope it's been equally interesting to you. And uh, I hope you'll continue being a part of Belief Beat uh, here at Unity Lutheran Church. But for today, uh, thanks for hanging out with Susie Sprecker and Kylie Sprecker. Wisconsin and Marquette living together in the, in the same <laughs> mental space. Thanks be to God. Thanks. Bye for now. <laughs>